Hi, I'm Andrea. I'm Claudia. Hey, what's up? It's us. Hey, the Judgy Crime Girls. Thank you for joining. Yeah, it's every other Wednesday with all true crime fans. Mm-hmm. Welcome, if this is your first time. And we do have some shout outs for our new subscribers who join us every single Friday ad-free. We've got a great little group going mm-hmm. and it's getting bigger and bigger all the time. So we just want to give a quick shout out this Valentine's Day to our besties. And first we need to say a correction on a name. I believe we said Michelle, but it's actually Michelle or McKay. So sorry about that. Yeah. And then we have Miranda. Marsha. Candace. Madeline. Marion. Mary. Celeste. Kimberly. Joe. Christy. Ree. Julie. Nikki or Nisi. Jody. And Karen. Also, thank you to Leon for buying us a coffee. Yeah, if you didn't know that, you can support us by buying us a coffee on our Kofi page. We are feeling all the love this week. Yeah, so much. Which is the perfect week to feel loved. I know, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, puke on me. Right. Puke on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're a long-time listener, you know we don't do Valentine's Day. It's just another day for us. I'm going to say we have fun celebrating anti-Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And that's how we celebrate every time. Yeah, that's it, the way to go. It's so fun. We get a kick out of it. But here again, my husband is Latino, and he is way, way more romantic. And I'm pretty sure I'll be getting some flowers today. He is so sweet. He's just so cute. Just the other day, he was telling me, he's like, let's watch something fun. You know, and I'm like, what do you want to watch? And he's like, something with a little bit of action, maybe a little romance, because he had just watched the trailer on the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Amazon. And I think he kind of had that in mind. And I'm like, no worries, babe, I got you. And then we ended up watching Lover, Stalker, Killer. Yeah. He's like, that's not romantic. (laughs) I'm like, you should know better than to let me pick what we're going to watch. But oh my God, have you watched it yet? I have. I absolutely love that. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but I haven't watched the other. Okay. I have been binging True Detective Night Country on Max. Mm-hmm. But I just found out today, and this is a little random, that my uncle Chris is on Law & Order. He just got... You have got to be kidding me. No, he just got a role. Oh my gosh. He is now everyone's Uncle Chris. He's our Uncle Chris now, okay? That's right. <laughs> He is. Uncle Chris, we love you. Well, congratulations, Uncle Chris. That's awesome. Yeah, we love you, Chris. So proud of you. Are we jumping into Bites and Rights? Yeah. So my bite today are cake pops. We have birthday cake pops and chocolate cake pops. And as you can see, I had a little snack while I waited for you. (laughs) That's adorable. She brought like chocolate for Valentine's Day. Yes. That's so sweet. Gag me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I threw up a little 
in my mouth. No, I absolutely love those. They're delicious. Awesome. So about a month ago, we were in Oregon where it's legal to give officers a ticket. Yes. Well, in Boulder, Colorado, it's permitted to insult, taunt, or challenge police officers until they ask you to stop. (laughs) So I just want to say that it's probably a bad, bad idea to verbally assault officers, no matter where you are, even in Boulder, Colorado. (laughs) That's so funny they have that in writing. Like, just so you know, it's okay. We understand. I know, but I would say don't see if this law still stands up. And I do love Colorado. Yeah. Not that that's one of the things, but, you know, maybe if my daughter moves out there one of these days, Mm -hmm. it'll give her a second chance before they lock her up, (laughs) you know. I wonder if they even know that it's legal. Well, they're supposed to be privy to all law. So let's hope. Yeah, but I'm not sure I would be able to remember that. (laughs) I would instantly forget. I'd be like, oh, I believe you said that same statement twice. (laughs) I'm not sure I would know all the weird laws. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, but I would hope the police do. Oh, gosh. They'd be like, how you dare you talk back to me. Do we have any police officers listening? Do you have to take a test on all the laws in your state? I know nothing about police academy. I don't either. So Colorado, what kind of terrible things have been happening in the mountains? Today we talk about a Valentine's murder of a mother and her children, which is sometimes referred to as the Lonely Hearts murders. On February 14, 1985, Cassandra Rundle and her two children were found brutally murdered in their Colorado Springs home. In the months before her death, Cassandra had taken out personal ads in a local newspaper. She received more than 80 responses and made contact with several men, but no evidence could be found to link any of them to the murders. Now, years later, police looked at a former soldier named Philip E. Wilkinson, who is currently sitting on death row in North Carolina for the 1992 triple slaying of a mother and her two children. Even though that crime has so many similarities to the Rundle murders, 39 years later, the murders of Cassandra and her kids remain unsolved. On February 14, 1985, between 5 a.m. and 8 a.m., 37-year-old Cassandra Rundle, her 12-year-old son Dietrich Storm, and her 10-year-old daughter Melanie Storm were strangled to death with pieces of clothing and beaten in the head with a hockey stick. Oh, my Cassandra and her daughter were tied hand and foot with electric cords that were cut from table lamps and extension cords, and they were also raped. All of them? Cassandra and her daughter. Okay. Cassandra was found nude, face down on her bed, and she had been beaten eight to ten times with a blunt instrument. Melanie's body, the 10-year-old daughter, was found face down on her bedroom floor, partially clothed in pajamas. She had a fractured skull, and there was overturned furniture in her bedroom, indicating that she put up one hell of a fight. I think I'm going to vomit. 
Dietrich Storm's body was found also face down on his bedroom floor wearing street clothes, normal clothes, indicating he may have been outside and walked in on the killer. A bloody hockey stick was found in his bedroom, and the police think that he was probably the last one to be killed. Now, there were no signs of forced entry to the house. The beds in each room had already been made, so they think the family had gotten up kind of early that day and got ready for the day because Dietrich was also in street clothes. So he was dressed already. Their bodies were found that same morning by Cassandra's second ex-husband, Douglas Peltzer, who went over to the house to drop off a record album as a Valentine's gift. And at 10.37 a.m., Douglas called Colorado Springs police. That is just heartbreaking. That's it's horrific. Although he and Cassandra were divorced, he still saw them frequently, including two days before their murders, when he took them to see the movie Witness, and even the night before he took Cassandra to dinner. They were still really good friends, on good terms. And she wasn't seeing anyone? Cassandra also had a boyfriend at the time of the murders. At about noon on that day, the boyfriend, whose name was not released by police, went to her house after she didn't show up for work. So he went looking for her. Now, police searched both Douglas's car and the car of her boyfriend. They took plaster casts of footprints and mud found near the front door, and they worked this case right back in 1985, and they worked it hard. They collected over 100 items from the house for possible DNA, like hairs and fibers, all that stuff. So a neighbor at the time said she thought she was pretty sure she saw Dietrich outside in front of the house around 7 in the morning, and that he went back in the house after looking down the street for a little while. And she said it kind of looked like he was looking for someone or waiting for someone. At the time, Cassandra was an executive assistant at Gates Land Company, a Colorado Springs developing company. Dietrich was a seventh grader at Cheyenne Mountain Junior High School, and his sister was a fifth grader at Canyon Elementary School. So Cassandra was a beauty queen in her hometown. Oh, my. She was born on October 29, 1947, in Morgantown, West Virginia, and she married her high school sweetheart, Stephen Sturm, shortly after they graduated high school, and they decided to move to Colorado in 1972, and they settled in Pueblo, where Stephen became personnel director at a steel plant. And Cassandra attended the University of Southern Colorado and graduated with a 3.67 grade point average in 1977. She was really, really smart. Good for her. Yeah. So somewhere along the line, her and Stephen got a divorce, and she met Douglas, her second husband, who was actually her career advisor at the university. Oh, that's adorable. 
But at the time of the murders, he owned a tattoo parlor and a pool hall in South Colorado Springs, and they divorced in 1983. Her first husband, Stephen, ended up moving to Columbus, Ohio, and he worked at Anheuser-Busch. She picked guys that knew how to have fun. Yeah. And nowhere could I find what happened, but I think both times they left on good terms. And long before the days of swiping left on your phone app or posting your profile on dating websites, people looked for love in the back pages of a newspaper. And Cassandra Rundle was one of them. She had placed newspaper ads in the Colorado Springs Sun looking for male companionship. In July 1984, she posted an ad which... She got 54 responses from, and it said, Blonde, green eyes, 5 feet 2 inches, 95 pounds, seeking rugged individualist. Am a free spirit, independent, well-educated, somewhat shy, sensitive, and enjoy life. Am a one-man woman looking for one good man. Please send photo and short letter. She placed a second ad in August, and that one got her 31 answers. And it said, warm, together, bright, beautiful and modest lady seeking friendship with a gentle man of quality and character, 30 to 40 years old. She didn't get as many responses the second time around because she excluded the word rugged. Yeah. She She probably (laughs) got too many rough responses. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was probably the blonde green eyes that got her more responses. She was adorable. She was really pretty. Douglas told her it was dangerous business running those ads, but she said she thought it was fun. She was kind of a shy person and thought this was a good way to meet some men. Cassandra's friend said that she had about 10 to 12 lunch dates with men who responded to her ads. She's getting a good return on her money. Yeah. I want to know how much each ad cost. I don't know. Her. I should have looked it up. I should have known you you <laughs> you would ask me that. We just need a return on investment statistic yeah. here. Probably not what she gambled for. Not worth it, for yeah. sure. Well, six months after the last ad... She and her children were found dead. So Colorado Springs police later said they interviewed most of the men and believed the murders were not related to the personal ad. Cassandra's father, Richard, who was a former prosecutor from West Virginia, offered a $10,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the suspect in the case. Police believe it, it was not connected to the ad? Mm-hmm. Because they interviewed everybody there. But then Douglas, her second husband, attempted to collect on the double indemnity insurance policy taken out by Cassandra. But he withdrew his claim after the Rundles went to court and demanded Douglas not receive the $28,000 insurance payment. She took out a life insurance policy and named him as the beneficiary when they were married, and she forgot to take him off the policy after their divorce. So he didn't have to fight for it? Not necessarily, no. I mean, he was still the beneficiary, but the family was like, no, 
Hmm. You're not getting that money. So Colorado Springs police interviewed more than 400 persons of interest and possible witnesses in the case, and they exhausted all leads. A year after the murders, police told reporters they had narrowed the list of suspects to about six people, but no arrests have ever been made. And the case to this day is unsolved. Oh, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. I know, but so I found this interesting, and this is like a whole nother case in itself, and it is like the worst. So there was a confession in North Carolina in 1992, which raised some questions regarding Cassandra and her kids' murders. So a young soldier named Philip Wilkinson walked into a police station in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and said his conscience was bothering him. He ended up confessing to a six-month-old triple killing that at the time shocked the military town. Wilkinson, who was then at the time 24 years old, described what he did with no signs of remorse and he was just very, very calm, cool, and collected about it when he confessed. So through sliding glass doors, Wilkinson saw 19-year-old Crystal Hudson asleep on the couch of her family's apartment. He broke inside the home, and he caressed her. He told police when she woke up, She started to scream, but before she could let out a scream, he began beating her on the head with a bowling pin that he found in the yard outside. Did he even know her? No. Okay. So next he went into a bedroom and he found 11-year-old Larry Hudson Jr. and his mom, 38-year-old Judy Hudson, Mm. and he beat both of them to death. Oh, my God. Both Judy and her daughter were sexually assaulted. Now, in his confession, Wilkinson, who is still on death row in North Carolina for those murders, said something else that caught the police's attention. He said he had been peeking into people's windows for years and that his habit started in Colorado Springs, where he was stationed at Fort Carson in early 1985. So the timeline put Wilkinson in Colorado Springs around the time of February 14, 1985, the murders of Cassandra and Dietrich and Melanie. But there's no confession, no evidence, nothing. Now, I've read that the Colorado Springs PD might have a suspect because of DNA evidence, but they're pretty tight-lipped about it and have not released any information. So I don't know what happened with that yet. I guess we'll have to just wait a little bit longer to find out who killed Cassandra and her two kids. And there was no sign of forced entry? No. There is not a whole lot of information, but I did read a little blurb that supposedly she was at the bar, at a bar, the night before Valentine's Day. And did she maybe take home the wrong man? With her kids there? I I know, probably not. Or did she meet somebody there and he followed her home? Maybe he wanted to go home with her and she said no, and maybe he followed her. That's more likely. But how did he get in? 
Or he knocked and she let him in or opened the door. Right. And he forced himself in. Yeah. And she didn't have a pet or anything to her, like a dog. Okay. No. I don't think it was someone she knew very well, like attacking her children. Mm-hmm. She's not. The boyfriend had an alibi. He was ruled out. So I'm assuming he did. I mean, he's the one that came looking for her because she didn't show up for work. I mean, it could just be like, I'm going to pretend. Right. But I'm pretty sure he was ruled out. Hmm. So they had a pretty good reason for it. Okay. Well, this is really fucking awful. Yeah. And actually, I might even cover the case of Wilkinson because it's so fucked up what he did to the Hudsons. Yeah, you should do a little follow up. Yeah. Wow. Dating is so unsafe on so many levels. Yeah. And not that this was a result of that, but, man, I just feel like everyone needs a dog. I don't know. Wow. Good job, Claudia. Well, thank you. Well, but then again, dating apps. Look what happened to the guy from Lover, Stalker, Killer. I mean, I literally, my mouth was wide open the entire time. At first, I got so mad. I'm like, why can't they find that woman? You know, what is wrong with her? Yeah. And but just the whole time my mouth was wide open. I could not believe it. What is wrong with people? Mm-mm. And to go after children? Yeah. Just it's horrible. I mean, if you're dating, oh, be careful out there. Yeah, for sure. Take a picture of his driver's license or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'll be in the cloud. Everything is in the cloud. Yeah. So just keep taking pictures. Pretend like you're a photographer. Yeah. Hey, it's nice to meet you. I take pictures. It's yeah. what I do. <laughs> yes. Um, I need a blood sample, a urine sample, <laughs> fingernail clippings before we go anywhere. <laughs> But listen, I just wanted to mention real quick, if anybody has any information about this case, please contact the Colorado Springs Police Department at 719-444-7000 or Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS, and that's 8477. And when you contact the police, please try to hold back your obscenities. Yeah, don't insult them. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Do we have any daredevil listeners? <laughs> we want to know if someone has. That's what we want to know. Yeah. Or do you know of anybody? Yeah, we want the dirt. That's, That's right. what we're here for. That's right. Is the real dirt. Yeah. So send us a message if you have. And if you are listening, I'm sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, all the places. Mm-hmm. So hit us up. And thank you so much for listening this week. And we'll see you in a few weeks. Or if you just love us for just $3 a month, join us every Friday. And we will talk to you soon. Stay sassy. Stay judgy. And stay tuned in with the Judgy Crime Girls every other week. We love you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.